When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it Mondays here at Hale Varsity Radio and Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal with you. Numbers to dial up. It is Michigan Week. I'm maybe a little too excited for that on a Monday. We can check back on Friday at the Herdat Sports Bar and Grill. But a game of substance. You've had Boulder, you had Minneapolis. Now you get to see where your team is at after four games heading into that fifth against number two. In the country, your college football playoff participant the last two years, your two-time defending Big Ten champs, uh, capital B with the barometer here, and two programs at different spots. We'll dive into Nebraska-Michigan. Incredible guests all week as we line you up for what should be, well, it, it should be an electric Saturday. It has not been electric Saturdays the last couple and you as a Nebraska fan are okay with the wins you're excited about the wins but it's been uh, a little bit tough to watch but you'll trade the (laughs) the carnage in front of your eyes at times offensively for wins it's better than the alternative. Great to be with you. Can dial us up at 489-1240, 489-1240, or 800-825-5865. Toll free across the Hale City Radio Network. Can watch the show. Invited to stream us. The Hale City YouTube channel. Hale City Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. Give Elijah a follow at Herbal Essence. Send him your condolences for his Denver Broncos yesterday. Don't do that. And do that. Uh, It only can, makes it feel worse. can find me at Schmidt underscore radio. So we'll spend time in hour two with Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, a Monday with Charlie, and get Coach's thoughts on Nebraska-Michigan, what he liked from Louisiana Tech. And, uh, yes, Jay Moore from Big Red Wrap-Up. Jay will join us. Jay will be with us in hour two as well. Get his take on the NFL, get his take on Nebraska-Michigan and what he foresees this football program becoming uh, Michigan and beyond. Really, that's it. Couple of questions to dive into. We'll get there. But weekend, Elijah, all right. Were you in the fetal position much of, uh, of noon and beyond? Not from McCormick's vodka, but more so from just what, what you had to endure as a as a donkey fan i was i had a great I'll, weekend. I'll, I'll get off of denver in a minute i just i gotta ask you great weekend up until about one o'clock on sunday so i'm wearing for those watching the stream they can see i'm wearing my my favorite tottenham hotspur jersey 
for the soccer people out there, we briefly discussed it. Big game against Arsenal. Tottenham won by getting a tie. If you want me to elaborate further, I can. That's Don't, kind of how soccer no. goes. You're away from home. A tie is a win, kind of. So it was a good performance. They get that. I feel good about the Broncos. Jalen Waddle's out. And then the game starts and the defense is Swiss cheese and you could kind of see a result like that coming. Maybe not 70 points. I don't think anyone sees a result of, you know, your defense allowing 70 points ever. Uh, so that was tough. But the worst part was kind of as you laid out, the, the people sending their condolences. I had people who support teams that have never, ever in their entire history won a Super Bowl. And they're reaching out saying they feel bad for me yesterday. And that's the one that hurt. I, like, you're a Lions fan. You're a Vikings fan. Even Chiefs fans are reaching out Lions saying you feel fan, bad. I go, Lions fan said, I'm, I'm sorry for you. May God have mercy on your soul. Yeah. I mean, it, that's, that's how it was. The Broncos allowed 70 points. They lost by 50. No one's put up that many yards of offense since 19-freaking-51. It was historically bad, the performance. And whenever you have people from other fan bases reaching out, even Chiefs fans who... I, I tend to butt heads with because of my, my Broncos fandom. They're reaching out and saying they feel bad about me. That hurts worse. That's like the team you're playing have a chance to set an NFL record and they take a knee in field goal range instead. Honestly, that's more disrespectful than kicking the field goal. That Broncos defensive performance yesterday was so bad, it deserved to be in the NFL record books because every single member of that defense yesterday deserved to be reminded for the rest of their life that you're an NFL record holder because of how bad you were. That's what that Broncos defense deserved yesterday. And Mike McDaniel, he decides to take the knee after you've already hung 70. You've already disrespected them. You've already embarrassed them. They disrespected themselves. If they didn't have enough pride to not have it be a historically bad NFL performance defensively, your starters would have stopped the backups before they reached 70 points. If they didn't want to do that, you deserve to be in the NFL record books for all eternity. And I wish that every single member of that Broncos defense would be reminded in that way that, hey, you were part of the defense that gave up more points than any other defense in NFL history for the rest of their lives. That's what that Broncos defense deserved yesterday. They're not going to get it. That's Mike McDaniel being respectfully disrespectful to the Broncos. And uh, I've, I've got my two cents in about the you Broncos. Know, you so know what's on, hilarious but. about yesterday from an <clears throat> unbiased observer? Denver gave up 70 yesterday. They scored 69 points all of last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm a guy that's that's paid money to to go see a donks game with the pharmacist Jeff from time to time. I'm not a diehard donkey fan, but I like going to an NFL game with him. He's probably broke lots of things in his man cave, but I admire you. You uh, you didn't show up with a Denver jersey on. Good for you. Oh no, that's not getting pulled out the rest of the but year. But you're still you're still claiming them. I will still claim them. Uh, the one thing that I will say is I thought that was a fireable offense from Vance Joseph's point of view, the defensive coordinator. The Broncos times defense, can you fire the same guy with the same team? Well, why do you rehire him? Yeah, why did you rehire him? That's a great question, Schmidt. And a, a question a lot of Broncos fans were asking themselves this offseason. I like Vance. And the thing was, was, it's not like he inherited a bad defense. They, oh, they lost a couple guys, but you, you add Frank Clark, you have one of the best corners in the NFL who was terrible yesterday, Pat Sertan. You're not, you're not exempt from this rant that I just went on. But that was a defense that was top three in the NFL last year in terms of scoring, in terms of yardage allowed. That defense was top three, and now it's the worst in the NFL. And I think there's some, play, some blame that goes to the players, but those players gave up 
on their coaching staff and gave up on their teammates yesterday. And I think you have to look at the guy who runs the whole show and ask why. And that's Vance Joseph. I know it's only been three games as defensive coordinator, but you've clearly shown you're not cut out for the task. I don't think he should have a job today. He still does. Maybe the off day today will give Sean Payton more time to decide how he wants to fire Vance Joseph. But I don't think Vance Joseph should be coaching for the Broncos any longer. He he failed the first time around. He's failed again. Get him out. It's not exactly... uh a warm reception to, to the Sean Payton era for, for Denver. Sean's a drill sergeant. He's tough to, to, to play for, for a lot of guys. And it's it's also a situation where you, you still have Russ at quarterback, and, and he may end up ending Russ uh, be, before it's all said and done. Stay, and stay tuned. His postgame pressure yesterday was three minutes long, hmm? and you could just see the fury in his eyes following that game. He was pissed. He wasn't pissed at the Dolphins. He was pissed at his own team. And I mean, he's, 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 I think he put up 63 points in an NFL game one time. Mm-hmm. I think it was 63 to 14. So he's done it before. He's been on the other side. I don't think he's ever been embarrassed like that. And he, that dude was justifiably angry yesterday. He was. We'll get to Nebraska here. Cutter gets his kicked off. Do we feel like Nebraska played this last game on defense pretty vanilla to not give away any game plan for Michigan? Felt like that to me. Defense did not tackle as well as they have in past games here's what I thought and I think we kind of all see it you were just flat on Saturday Mm -hmm. for Nebraska you were flat on offense you were flat on defense and just what Louisiana Tech wanted to do is be quick be quick they had a quarterback that's got some accuracy issues and and got a little bit too hyped up and missed some throws. But I don't disagree with you, Cutter. Nebraska didn't do anything except kind of play their base, and that's saying something, that their base is still pretty intricate with the system they run. Uh, I I think they got better at tackling. I think they got challenged at halftime. They started tackling better. I mean, Louisiana Tech's got some athletes in space. Nebraska still did well against the run. And no, they they just, they had to kind of get into it. And I I can't tell you why other than the, the, I think you're seeing some grading going on. Grading as in offensively, you're not even halfway through the season. You're, you're, a problem from a consistency standpoint and you just don't know how many points you're going to get and again it started that way for Nebraska on offense and if you're defense if you're the defense yet you're you're a team you're supposed to have each other's back but it just it was just one of those ho-hum and quite honestly they're 18 to 22 years old what were you really I'm not yelling at you, Cutter. I'm saying you as a Nebraska fan, were you that geeked up about the game? Well, Schmidt, you, you were there. Was the crowd no, lively? No, the, the juice has not been unveiled for Nebraska football yet. For, for a home game, it's not been cranked up. I don't know that it gets cranked up. Oh, Schmitty done hit the uh, you hit the 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 same thing I did during our post game show right. on Saturday. I, I, I turned myself off and people rejoice. <laughs> no, th- there's there's there was no juice last Saturday, and then the previous Saturday, 
because this team came back 0-2. And, and, the, and, and the fans don't know what to make. And I'm not scolding. I don't care how you feel. What I mean by that is you can feel how you want with this team. You want them to win. They're tough to watch on offense. They're fun to watch on defense. And you know Saturday, this Saturday, is what you're looking forward to. And if you're this team, you're not going to overlook Louisiana Tech, but Michigan's in the back of your mind. Either the excitement about the opportunity or the, oh, God, here comes Michigan, and this is going to get real ugly. So, yeah, I thought there was some disinterest, and it's disinterest all around. I think Rule's job is going to be fairly easy this week as far as getting his team fired up to play. If you've got a team full of competitors, uh, it's not going to be easy at all because you had four quarters to face Michigan on the other side of the coin. So I don't, I don't disagree with you that it, it was basic, it was vanilla, and just go hit and tackle and get after the quarterback. So I don't, I don't think they purposefully saved anything, but don't kid yourself, there's going to be new wrinkles offensively and defensively for this set. Well, I, I, I think it's a combination of factors, what we saw from the defense. They came out flat, which we kind of laid out. The fans weren't that into the game. It was a gloomy Saturday in Lincoln. It was rainy. Yeah. It was rainy. I'm not making excuses. It just you've been If you've gone to a Nebraska game, Elijah, the, the fans, bless their heart, because you showed up for another sellout. But the last two opponents, you really don't give a damn about. No. And, and you're 0-2 coming in, so there's less excitement. And you're wondering and asking yourself, how long of a season's this going to be? Mm-hmm. How, how, how much are the growing pains going to hurt in year one? At least you're 2-2. Two and two. Well, Yeah, and I think that's kind of the reason for the flatness. But I do think Nebraska's defense is a little vanilla, not because they're trying to hide anything from Michigan, that's not why. It's because you look at Louisiana Tech's offense. It's a lot of three-step drops, it's quick. quick passing games, and then they're going to try to get their ball to the, the ball to playmakers in space so a guy like Smoke Harris can make you miss and turn a five-yard gain into a 15-yard gain. So if you're doing three-step drops from the gun and getting it up quick to Smoke Harris, what's the point of bringing six or seven? You're not going to get there. You're not, you're not going to get there whenever their passing game is from zero to five yards and they're going to get the ball out quick. It's more advantageous to sit back a little bit, rally to the football, so they can't turn those five-yard gains into 15-yard gains. And that's kind of how the, the game plan played out. And the tackling wasn't great. That I, I attribute to just being a little bit flat. Mm-hmm. And, hey, Louisiana Tech, to their credit, they had some guys with some athleticism on the outside. I think some guys would... that had a little make-you-miss. And – it was better for you to get burnt for five to six yards by that passing attack than to blitz, knock it to the quarterback, and that five-yard gain turns into 15-20, now losing a Texan scoring territory. Because you, you're, you could, you're you down, you're down, two, you're down two, two defenders that you may have sent on the blitz. And I'll say Nebraska in the second half had three to four guys around the ball carrier. Juan Camacho chimes in, until we have a quarterback that can throw a good deep ball, we won't be able to win big games. Being one-dimensional isn't going to work. There is a sad reality to that statement. And Juan, that's what a lot of Nebraska fans are feeling. On one hand, you're happy that you ran for 300 yards. On one hand, you're happy as a Nebraska fan that you came out and you went nine plays, 85 yards, and you had a tone-setting third-quarter drive of just toss power and let the the O-line and the running game do their thing. And you see option, and there are some things that Harburg Harburg does really well. He's still a work in progress, as is a lot of the quarterbacks throwing the football. But you are are absolutely undermanned with what you want to do on offense. That leads us into our topic we'll get into here with Nebraska. 
when it comes to the Nebraska offense, 489-1240, do you think they're lost or do you think they're limited? I mean, huh. what, what's, what's the reason for being able to squeeze very few drops out of the orange? Well, it reminds is me it of- because they're lost or is it because they're limited? We'll uh, dive into that further discussion and more thoughts on the defense because it is report card time where you've had some quizzes. You've had uh, a midterm now that's on the horizon. Mm. What What is this defense? They're fun. They tackle. They hustle. They're deep. But are they able to, to stand up against what they're going to see Saturday in Michigan? Hail Varsity rolls forward on a Monday, 489-1240. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. It's Hale Varsity Radio, 489-1240, 489-1240. can get the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, downloaded that way, or the video, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel with Nebraska football. And the offense, is it lost or is it limited Let's talk about the first play from scrimmage against Louisiana Tech. And that's one you circle as a Nebraska fan, and you're going, okay, what was that? And it was a breakdown in pass protection. It was a sack where Harburg almost got his head ripped off. Could have been a turnover. It was second and 17 to start your drive. And what was the play call? Sat Dialed up a play-action pass. They were trying to go deep. So, let's play the game, lost or limited. And you can make an argument, Elijah. What are you doing against a team that is undermanned and outweighed up front? Why aren't you running the damn ball out of the gate if you're Nebraska football? Or if you're uh, someone who liked the play-action pass, to Camacho's comment, Nebraska's going to have to throw the ball deep to to get some wins this season, don't disagree. You need to, at some point, throw the ball to set up your run against stout defenses like the one you're going to see on Saturday. You are limited because of what you have in pass protection when it comes to those slow-developing play-action opportunities. Uh, You can say both and be right, and you can... I'm going to lean a little bit more lost than limited. I think there's an offensive coordinator in Satterfield who has a a certain want with what he wants to call offensively. And I think eventually he settles in with, with what they can do. And he thinks, okay, Nebraska can line up and run the football. Let's do... Power toss left, power toss right, quarterback option, and uh, keep, and there you go. You had a lot of explosive plays in the run game. Uh, I I just think they're lost a little bit with not being able to execute some of the things he calls right away. Offensive coordinators are going to get hammered when things blow up in their face, be it a reverse uh, to Tommy Hill two games ago inside the ten or you're going deep against Minnesota to start the fourth quarter, if you're supposed to be this grinded-out fourth-quarter team, people are keeping score with the offensive coordinator. And and I don't disagree with that. I think there's plenty of time 
for things to get righted. There's plenty of time for the offense to get better. People are asking, where the hell is Teddy P? Where's Teddy P? Because that makes your offensive line better. Because there's a lot of questions also, Elijah, with you know what's, what's going on at left tackle. What's going on uh, when it comes to the, the, the right guard spot at times? What's happening with your, your passing game? And Nebraska's just scary in a bad way right now with what they're not able to do consistently. It's not that you can't call a pass play or call play action. You need to. But right now, I think Sant's just dialing up stuff that he knows needs to work in a ball game. And a lot of times it's blowing up in his face because their execution isn't there and the defense makes a play. And, and you're playing with fire. You can't just line up and pitch it to Bo Jackson and Tecmo. That's the end of the discussion. But when I, when I ask the question about the offense, is it lost or limited, they're still a little bit lost with immediately going into a game plan and a play call in a series. Push comes to shove. You're tied at seven and a half. You get the football in the third quarter. What does Nebraska do? They weren't lost. They had enough screwing around, nine plays, 85 yards, all on the ground, touchdown, breathing room, and a little bit of a flex. I don't know that they can do that Saturday, but maybe they try it instead of dropping back to go deep for a, for a shot play out of the gate. But there's, there's also a lot of argument here for how limited Nebraska is. Yeah, and, and this kind of brings me back to a, a quote you always see middle-aged women posting up on Facebook. Not all who wander are lost. I guarantee you've seen that quote. And I think it's originally a, a Lord of the Rings quote, actually. Uh, but I digress. Nebraska's offense is wandering right now. They're still trying to figure out what they do well. Are they lost? And good luck finding that out. I, I think we're going to have a much better idea of how lost they are whenever you go play a team like Illinois. That is going to be a much better indicator than, than against Louisiana Tech or against Michigan. Because what were we talking about last week? And Matt Rule didn't want to say it, but we were willing to say it on our show. That was your last chance at a tune-up game if you're in Nebraska. And I think there's a reason why there's a difference in philosophy between the first half and the second half. Because I think in the first half you wanted to be able to get some things on film that you can go discuss next week as you lead up to Michigan. You're going to try to iron some kinks out. You're going to try to throw the ball around a little bit more. You're going to try to develop that deep passing attack. You're going to do those things so they're on film, not for Michigan, but for yourself against an actual opponent. We we can go back and we can go hit the film room next week. And I say we uh, as if I was a Husker coach. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's why you're doing this in the game. You want to make sure you can go back and see those things on film next week. You can hammer out some of those issues in practice. So instead of it being against Michigan, whenever you're down by 10, you need a passing attack. That's when the mistakes are happening. You do it against Louisiana Tech in the first half because you know that based on what you saw against Northern Illinois and some of the run plays that you got in the first half, you have something, some bread and butter that you can fall back upon in the second half whenever it's close and you need to get some points on the board. Nebraska had that. They had that. That series with Teddy Prohaska, who comes in as the extra offensive lineman, and they're just running power. They're pulling around Ethan Piper, who's really shown over the past couple of weeks. That is the strong suit of his game. That's the reason why what he's not going to be replaced. What do you mean? They're running right. Oh, they're running right. And, yeah. the, and the, the big thing with that is they're bringing in Prohaska as the extra 
tight end slash extra offense alignment on that side and if you will. And they're pulling Ethan. And they're pulling Ethan Piper on because Ethan Piper has shown over the past couple weeks he's Nebraska's best offensive lineman in space getting out and blocking a linebacker getting out and blocking a defensive back. He moves his feet very well. So you're going to pull him around. You bring in Prohaska as the extra offensive lineman because him next to Ben Hart next to Whoever the tight end is, is getting a serious amount of push. I think you found some bread and butter plays for you that work. Same way that we saw how well the option worked with Harburg and Grant this weekend. They they didn't go back to it too much, but just about every single time they called it, you picked up a a chunk amount of yardage. Or it was called back. Yeah, or it was called back based on holding. One of which you, you definitely could have had two on Marcus Washington and on Billy Kemp. Both of them held. I digress. All I'm saying is I think Nebraska has found some elements of their offense that can be their identity, that they can fall back upon when the going gets tough later in the season. But you still need a passing attack if you want to be able to go up against the likes of Michigan or up against the likes of Wisconsin with what their offense is this year, a little bit more high-powered. You're going to need to have a passing attack, and Louisiana Tech was your chance to hammer out some of those issues that you've seen over the past couple weeks. You get it on film, you get another week of work before it's, oh no, here's Michigan. So now you, we side, have to you side with limited? They're just limited versus lost. I side with, yes, that they're limited. They're wandering right now, but it's not because they're lost. It's because you're trying to figure out what you do well, which I guess you could call lost, but I don't think it is. I I still think you have some things you can fall back upon. And Nebraska didn't struggle in the first half against Louisiana Tech because they're that bad and Louisiana Tech's that good of a defense. I think it's because you were trying to, to get a little bit creative and find some other backup plans so it's not just the two or three plays that you know work well. Work on what you need to work on. And that was a comment here by Cutter, says Nebraska was never in danger of losing that game. They wanted to try and, and, and use this game to, to get the passing going. Yep. Obviously, it didn't work. Uh, but um, another comment in, the offense is limited. Run left, run right. Won't work against real competition. Uh, we need uh, Jeff to figure this uh, T.O. issue out. This could be a priority priority one for the coaches. And when, when we talk about what, what does Nebraska do well on offense, well, they, they've embraced their throwback tribute to the option. Love it. I, I absolutely love it, but you've had a couple of quarterbacks not finish games because it, it's going to take a toll with the mobile quarterback, with a running quarterback. Like the fact they kept uh, feeding Grant and, and let him – Pick a hole with that toss power. I like what Elijah said with how they use Teddy and they pull Ethan. I think that's good. And they they have receivers who got flagged a couple of times, but they have wide receivers that are really good at blocking. They're willing blockers. Well, they're 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 good they're, blockers. They're, you said really good. They're good and they're there's willing, which is more than you can say about years past. Sure, fine, good take. But but that's what you're you're asking them to do. Mm-hmm. Are you asking them to beat coverage that they may or may not be able to beat consistently, or are you asking them to get downfield and beat the hell out of somebody? And they're they're like you said, willingly doing that. You've got Fedoni that you can use. I think Washington's somebody that you can look to to, to get involved. You've got Bullock and you got Billy. So that's what you are. They are very very limited. And that kind of goes into the buzz or maybe lack of buzz with Michigan this week. It's more of a fear. You're feared that you're going to get drilled at home by the number two team in the country because you're just not very good or good enough to be competitive on offense. We'll see what happens. You play the game for a reason, and the defense will be juiced up. They'll be ready to go. Here's the other question I have as – We'll hear from uh, from Dr. Lou and 
Ohio State in the angst that was college football this weekend. What what is what is Nebraska's defense done for the offense in preparation? Could we actually see Nebraska's offense perform okay against Michigan because they've had a lot of reps, Elijah, against the one unit or the, the, the co-one unit leading up to Saturday's game? I mean, well, that's the other question I have with Nebraska's defense. How, how good is it? Are they fun? Are they talented? Are they hustling? Do they tackle well? They, they tackle about as well as anybody in college football, and I'll say that. Not their best first half on Saturday, but overall they've been damn good. And we'll know how to, to really rank them. And if they uh, are as good as advertised with that 1.6 yards per carry allowed. Uh, and that isn't going to be the case. They aren't going to reenact Michigan State 2021. But they could be maybe some of the best Michigan has seen. I just fear that you're going to see a little bit like Colorado all over again where defense does everything in their power except physically score or goes and plays offense. They're going to do everything in their power to keep this team in it, and they're not going to get any help. I think that's the... The, the worry right now for Nebraska fans, you're going to show up, you're going to scream your head off, you're excited that number two's coming to town, but it's it's a different, there was kind of a carnival-like opportunity atmosphere two years ago mm. for that night game, because you had a, a threatening offense. Now, Michigan still went for 250 on you running the football, but you had a counterpunch. Right now, it's just one jab, and that's your defense. Hail Varsity continues on a Monday Four eight nine twelve forty. Hail Varsity Radio is live now. Back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you, yeah. On Hail Varsity Radio. We'll hear some thoughts from Matt Rule. Can catch the stream Hail Varsity YouTube channel. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, the Hail Varsity Radio Twitter feed at H Varsity Radio four eight nine twelve forty. Lost or limited, where do you side on the offense? Andy chimes in. Will the Tommy Hill (laughs) deep pass experience stop this week? That rule doesn't sound like he will stop it. He loves him some Tommy. We'll hear from Matt Rule in a moment. Uh, Phil says the talent's limited. The O-line is somehow worse at times than last year. No speed at receiver like Palmer. Limited depth at, run, depth at running back. And uh, I can hear that that argument. Yeah, I, I would say it is limited. But I just think you you if you're the offensive coordinator, you see what you have. And, and then you adjust accordingly. And they have in some instances. Power football, option football, and uh, some play action. You just don't have the consistency. Nebraska throwing the football is not thrown for over 200 yards yet this no, year. No, they've only really come close once. So, kind of. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah, no. So, so do you stop throwing altogether? Do you go wishbone 85 Sooners? You, you, you can't and win with this offensive line. What do you believe? Do you believe that you see more Teddy this week? Or do you see Teddy in special situations? 
Hmm. Because we're, we're waiting on Reimer. What's his health status like? We'll hear from Rule in a minute on, on the health. But but Teddy, if, if he's good to go, is because is, he got did he get hurt against Northwestern in 21? In 21, yeah. Okay. And then in 22, was it against Oklahoma? No, he got hurt against Michigan. Okay, okay. But he missed almost, or he did miss all of spring ball in the spring. Mm-hmm. Missed almost the entirety of fall camp. Now, I think there is the element of getting back into football shape, being comfortable with the offense, being comfortable with the ones. I think the coaching staff, though, will most likely know the importance of having Teddy starting this week. I think the coaching staff will do everything in their power to make sure he's going to be a go on Saturday. And he's, he's listed at number two on the depth mm-hmm. chart currently. What I know about that depth chart that we've seen so far is it's not the be-all, end-all in terms of who is going to start and who is going to play on Saturday. Um, so with that in mind, I think there will be a serious push to get Teddy starting next week. He'll at least get more play time than he did last week. I think he's coming well in that extra offensive lineman role, but my, my, it's my up prediction to him and now. the coaches and he's got to be he's got to be ready and he's got to be comfortable and I think it's been killing him to to not go and you don't want to throw him out against this team if there's still some doubt with how much he can do. Now, nine plays and a few more plays last week against Louisiana Tech. Uh, but he is he's a difference maker. You need him and that whole lost versus limited, he helps make you less limited uh with what you want to do offensively. He was on the horn. We go to Chris. Chris, thanks for calling. Go for it. Hey, Schmitty. Um so uh questions, because I honestly don't know. What where's the development of Malachi Coleman? How come he's not seeing the field more on offense? Well, I think there's you, you got to be ready. You got to be able to help out in different. And I'm not making excuses. This is my take on it. I think they're very intent on making sure guys can do all that they're asked versus giving somebody a pass to get on the field and run four or five plays. I think that's their their standard there with uh, letting freshmen play. And the other side of it, you've got guys that Malachi played his junior season at East was awesome, was dinged up as a senior, and he's also a track guy. You've got a bunch of track dudes that they've recruited that still need some time. I think there's still some rawness. Now, I'm not saying you couldn't tell him to run real fast in a straight line and throw him a deep ball to, to help take the top off the defense, but I think their philosophy is – all right, do you know everything you need to know and can you help the team in more ways than just catching the football? So it, is the phase that he's lacking, is it the blocking part of it or is it the route running part of it? I, I don't like know. I, I, don't, I don't know and I didn't ask Rule that just because you've seen Malachi come in a little bit, but he's not been targeted. And yeah. from, a, from a route running standpoint, I mean, is he your outside guy? Do you put him in the slot? Is he a third receiver? I think they're asking the receivers to know all three positions. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But well, that's that's fair. I I just I hadn't heard or seen anything else, so I wanted to get your take. So I no, they're it. just going real slow with what what freshmen they throw in. Yeah, I mean, and that's fair. But but also, I mean, as far as positions on the field where a, a true freshman can act, what a wide receiver is probably the most prominent thing. 
where you can you get a grab of the playbook and you can do some of the things asked. Like, let's get them on the field so we can try to win some games here. I, I understand you, you want to do it your way, but my goodness, um, it just seems that we're, we're, we're lacking there and that, that we might plug a hole. That's just my take, man. Nope, I appreciate it. That's 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 a fair take. Get your athletes on the field and let them play ball. One thing I'll say during this phone call, I've been trying to pull it up. I don't have a pro football focus subscription. I'll I'll take the L on that one. I've been trying to pull up the the Nebraska offensive snap counts for that game against Louisiana Tech because it felt to me my own eye test. I felt like I saw Malachi a hell of a lot more on Saturday than did in other games. It didn't lead to any targets. Still no catches for Coleman. I thought I saw him on the field just a little bit more, but again, I don't have the snap counts pull up in front of me, so I don't have the raw statistics. You're, but you're also juggling the redshirt opportunity with, with also getting some playing time. Uh, Malachi, is, he's going to burn the, the redshirt. He's already played in three games this year, hasn't he? Four. He's, he's played in four. He hasn't gotten a target Is there yet. a total snap count? It's, it's you, You're allowed to play in four, four games. Which is four, whether you games. get in once or 14 and, plays or whatever it is. I, I think he's already played in all four games. So... Hmm? I, I think that's kind of off the table. So, the, so the, you're the, the guy to watch is throw him the damn ball. Well, there's there's an element of <laughs> getting a guy ready enough to get on the field, and is that guy ready to create separation against Division One defensive backs and get open? Because I think you, you thought the hope is that well, anyone can you can teach anyone to run a, a fly or a post or a flag, but Tommy Hill clearly from the the snaps we've seen from him is the guy the coaching staff feels is the most likely to be able to take the top off a of defense. So then what else in that route tree is Malachi going to be able to do as a freshman? That route running aspect, going from high school to college, especially a guy in Coleman that really utilized, from what we saw, Schmidt, we, we covered a lot of his games, really used that, that otherworldly athleticism and speed to get open, be able to out-jump people, won a lot of jump balls for Lincoln East. He's playing defensive end, too. There was a, an adjustment period for him to get to college, and, mm-hmm. and that's usually the route running is where you, you see the biggest change in a guy from high school to, to college at that level. And if you already have a guy in Tommy Hill that you feel comfortable being able to run posts and goes, it, it limits the opportunities of a guy like Coleman. So I think there's the element of a guy being ready to get on the field, and then how ready is him is he to actually be able to get separation against Division One defensive backs? So five snaps from Alakai Coleman. Only five? Mm-hmm. Felt like more than that. Five snaps for for one Malachi Coleman. Yeah, the Tommy Hill experience. I mean, if if he can make a play uh, Saturday, if you're a Nebraska fan, would be a, a good day to circle that because he's been open and he's a he's a twitch athlete that rule loves we'll wind down this first hour coach mcbride's on the way it's hail varsity radio and now and now back to hail varsity radio charlie mcbride what does uncle charlie say about nebraska michigan find out hour two with hail varsity radio chris schmidt elijah herbal and can find the show on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, or the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Use your seatbelt. It saves lives. It prevents injuries. Only if properly worn, buckle up. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So the game of the year, not score-wise, but drama-wise, was Notre Dame. And Ohio State. Well, you, had, you had a couple candidates for game of the week or game of the year this past weekend, and then you compare that to Nebraska's game, which was seemingly boring all the way through. And, and listen, today, dichotomy. To, today's excitement level and juice about the upcoming opportunities totally a one eighty. If Nebraska goes out there and wins forty two to ten, you struggled 
You're hard to watch on offense, and it was lackluster. Mm-hmm. So there's Saturday, and maybe by uh, Wednesday or Thursday, you'll be fired up for the opportunity, but there's more. Oh, God, don't embarrass us again, Michigan. 34 to, what, three last year. What did uh, Ryan Day think of Lou Holtz? His cameos during the week. Ryan Day, well, made it personal. You know, like I like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. What he said about our team, what he said about our team, I cannot believe. This is a tough team right here. We're proud to be from Ohio, and it's always been Ohio against the world. And it'll continue to be Ohio against the world. But I'll tell you what, I love those kids, and we got a tough team. What did they prove to you tonight in this victory that you'll take away and run with? Toughness. Okay, you've looked soft twice against Michigan. Okay, you have. That's how they won. Not sexy. What did Lou say? Notre Dame is a better football team than Ohio State. Love hearing that. Please, coach. And let me tell you why. We have the best offensive line in the country. Sam Hartman won't even get his journey dirty all year. He has time to throw the football. The offensive line, we have great running back. Esteem is averaging about 10 yards a carry. We have great receivers. So offensively, we're set. Defensively, our defensive line's better. And you look at Coach Day, and I coached at Ohio State under Woody Hayes. We won the national championship when I was there. So I'm proud of that. However, he has lost to Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Michigan twice. And everybody that beats him does so because they're more physical than Ohio State. And I think Notre Dame will take that same approach. I know that our schedule it hasn't been the best. We're 103rd in strength of schedule. However, that doesn't bother me because every day we get to practice against good. We get to practice covering our good receivers. won't be much different than covering uh, the great receiver they have in Ohio State. And plus, we're playing at home. It'll be a close football game, but we will win because we believe. Forget who in the hell we're playing. Just tell Ohio State this. You, 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 you take this message to Ohio State. You tell them they better bring their lunch because it's going to be a full day of day's work. There's Dr. Lou. We don't have time for fake Lou, do we? No, we don't. Uh, yeah. Fake Lou claims that Ohio State cheated. <laughs> <laughs> we'll play some fake Lou for you before we say goodbye. What's Mr. Blackshirt say? Charlie McBride's next hour, two on the way with Hale Varsity Radio. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Back with you, it's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel. The Blackshirt Hour commences. Mr. Blackshirt himself, a Monday with Charlie, Coach Charlie McBride. Coach, it is Michigan Week. How you doing? I'm doing good. I I, am, I haven't gotten any negative uh, 
talk yet, so I'm doing good. <laughs> well, you are uh, in the land of Wolverines and Spartans, so good luck and God bless. Uh, we'll see how Saturday looks. That sounds like the intro to some some historical epic book the land from the land of wolverines and spartans Spartans. that sounds like Uh how you like yeah you intro a character well uh, we'll have to to get our uh, our morgan freeman voice going but (laughs) coach i I wanted to to first start off with saturday and kind of a ho-hum performance you won and that's not always been the case for nebraska they took control they ran the football they were physical defense got better in the second half but what did what did you see on Saturday? Well, I I thought they you know improved. I think effort wise, I think they did an excellent job. I mean, they're uh, they're working at it, you know, and that's that's what really counts. I think they got a team coming up that's going to be very well coached and very drilled and know exactly what's going on, but. Uh, they have a tendency sometimes to just roll their hats on the field, and you can you can do something with them. Now, I I I sat and watched uh, their quarterback and our quarterback, and all, I mean almost all day today. Mm-hmm. And um, I I tell you what, if I had to pick one, I'd take ours right now. But the other one's a little more. Uh, advanced as far as things go, and he's got pretty good speed, but so does ours. And so, you know, you're you're going to end up with a couple of good quarterbacks, but I think ours can change a game. That's one thing. And I think we've got good running backs, but they have a couple of them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's just crazy how they operate. The thing that's going to be the difference is the offensive line and the defensive line vice versa, you know, both of them either side of the ball. Uh, their pass rush scares me. And uh, that, 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 that's what I think about this week. Last week I thought they did a great job. I think they did it. You know, they, they did some things that weren't wonderful, and they, it, it was ugly. I mean, I've been in those games before. Those are, those are the best ones. Because then when you get done, you don't know what to tell the kids because they won. <laughs> it's like you went on the wrong side of this guy, but, well, you made the tackle. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's really a, it's kind of a, 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 a thing that it's in their hearts. If they, like I said, if your heart, your mind and your heart are in the right place, your body will follow. <laughs> That's just all I can tell you. And uh, that's just the way football is. And they have, we have the kind of kids that are athletic. Uh, I do worry a little bit about the left side of our, maybe not the guard. I mean, I, our left tackle has to, just has to do a better job at pass block. And they, they can't give as much ground. Yeah, and it may be that they're maybe, you know, I don't know. You know, that's there. I'm not there. Uh, I guess the baseball bat might help. and uh, But that, that's where I put it. You know, I think there's things you have to demand. Um, in other words, a coach, is, his job is to confront and demand. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one thing you have to do. And uh, I think there's just a point in time when, uh, there's 
there's got to be some things changing. If that's the case, then do it. And uh, if not, um, I think that's one of the things right now that that is kind of slowing us down offensively a little bit is there's a lot of penetration, and um, we've got to cut it out. And so how you do it, I don't have the film. I don't have anything, but, you know, there's there's ways to do it, and, and uh, I think that they're on the right track. Charlie, what would you make of Nebraska's use of the option on Saturday? I think that was really fun to see just based on, you know, Nebraska's history and how well it worked out on Saturday. Do you think that can be something that, that you can fall back upon if you're this offense and you can you can increase how much you run the option? Because it did appear as though Louisiana Tech was woefully prepared to stop the option, but at the same time, it worked well, and you can see how well Heiner Carber – I should say how comfortable can you run Heiner it Carber against, feels it. Can you run the option against Michigan, Coach? There you go. That's the million-dollar question. Well, the, the thing is, is again, with, with a team like Michigan, we don't have a dive option type of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, and, and I haven't seen a, a, a dive type of thing off of the option and then – take it to the corner and read the end and everything. It's all been speed ups and stuff. Okay. And uh, that that's not going to be effective. I don't think it's uh, – one way to stop that is just take your end once he sees the footwork of, the, of, of those guys just come straight up the field and then yeah, just shut it down. That's basically what you do. You're going to make the quarterback pitch it right now and everybody in the world that's got speed will be – Jumping all over the pitch back, so uh, you know you have to you have to get something. Uh, I think inside, uh, you know, and our, I'll tell you one thing: the fullback that transferred from Notre Dame mm-hmm. is the is one of the best blocking backs I've seen. I mean, if you look at him on film, he blocks everybody. Mm. And all the kick-out blocking and all that stuff, he knows exactly what he's doing. He's been well-coached there, and he knows, or he's been well-coached in high school, I'm sure, too. But Because you don't just get it overnight. But he, he's, he's a problem for, for uh, their defense. And so even in plays like ISOs, and, you know, uh, one of the things is that I always looked at our offense sometimes is, if you have an ISO, okay, you have an ISO pass, and you have an ISO option, and you have an ISO run type of thing. I mean, you end up not an ISO is not a, it can look like one, but the run, the pass, the option, and the reverse, and things like that that come off of that stuff. You have four plays, three or four plays that come off of one. Mm. And uh, those are the things that, you know, when you, when you have young people and you're trying to teach just the, them to go in the right direction, it, it, you know, it, it, it's hard. And you've got a new staff. You've got – they're trying to figure out what guy does what best still. Mm-hmm. I mean, still. And uh, so that's where it goes. I mean, it, it's just it, it's a hard thing to do. and. Each day in practice, you have actually have to evaluate each player. Charlie McBride's with us. A Monday with Charlie. We're talking Nebraska 
and Michigan, 2.30 Saturday, Fox. Number two comes to town, big game. And uh, I think we're all in agreement that it's it's a tough task for the offense. But, Coach, I want to talk defense with what you've seen from Michigan and what you think the Nebraska defense can do to complicate what Michigan wants to do. Well, they're going to want to run the football, but uh, you know they're 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 going to they they're they're going to try they're going to go fifty fifty mm-hmm. on you. I think that I think that's what they're they're going to see what works best. They're going to start out and find out what where the holes are and where the stuff is, and they'll they'll wear that out. Uh, running the football, the key to that whole thing is in our nose. Mm-hmm. He's he. You're not moving him, and he's getting people shoved in the backfield. And, you know, when you get a back, you have a cutback play, and the center's standing back there two yards with him. <laughs> he can't cut back. <laughs> and, and, and he has the ability to get off. So a lot of that has to do, you know, the way they're playing their defense. Uh, it looks like, oh, we're, we, we can run against this. But you better be careful because uh, – you know, there there's there's some good players up there, and I don't know that they realize maybe how good some of those guys are, and that that may be an effect in early. But I think what you have to do is anytime you tackle a back, he needs to think the whole stadium fell on him. So, Charlie, are, that's, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Are, are you are you saying that if you were the defensive coordinator here going up against a team like Michigan? The game plan is is blitzing. Do you do you want to get a lot of hats to the ball in that way, or is that going to open up too much uh, potential disaster? Should they break through that that first line and, and make it to second level? What would your game plan be against a team that likes to run the ball as much as Michigan does? Well, I think you know a lot of <laughs> I, I I don't know you know, but the the thing is is with a team like this, every everything has to be correct. You you have you have to play really play disciplined football, and you have to play a hundred percent. If you make a mistake, keep trucking. Don't just keep. I mean, don't stop and go. Oh, I made a mistake. You you just keep take the next guy and knock him on his. You know what? <laughs> or same thing with an offensive lineman. If he comes off the ball. And his combo block's not working. Where they're sliding off on the backer, take the next one because these backs are good. And so, a lot of times, I think it's a matter of, oh, I didn't do a very good job, you know, but I can do better. Well, that's not good enough. Okay, every play has to. I'm doing as hard as I can, and that's what I'm going to do. If they, we lose, the score takes care of itself. If we win, the score will take care of itself. But you got it. You have to. You just have to give it everything you got. You have to focus on every play. You can't be wandering around looking at the girls. So I, I don't think you know that they're doing that. But you know, I'm just using that as a, as a, as a something to prop. I'm sure. a prop setter. Well, you know, that's that's what I tell them on the sideline. Who are you looking at? <laughs> so you wouldn't be inviting Taylor Swift to this game if you were on the team. Some guys will tell me the truth. That's the problem. 
That's pretty good. I'm not looking at you. I like it. But so, I mean, the thing is, is I think that it, you have to really be disciplined, and you have to think about it all week. You have to think about being disciplined all week. You don't just think about it before the game. You have to do these things all week and focus every play and practice. If you make a mistake, okay, think about it. When you get done, think about what what you did in practice. Think about these things, and if you're doing them wrong, think about doing them right. And and you'd be surprised. That's like practicing off the field, and you get it in your subconscious so you can do things. You'd be surprised what guys can do. They'll scare themselves. Charlie McBride's with us on Monday with Charlie getting you geared up for Michigan, Nebraska. Coach, about 90 seconds. Do you approach this with a with a nothing-to-lose attitude? Or yeah, is, I, I, or, or yeah, not? I just, I just look at, you know, it's like, well, I can't use the words, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's one of those things where you play, you have to play the whole game. You can't come out in the second half like what we did last week, and they go run right down the field and score. Mm-hmm. You're that's that's you're asking for it, you know. And, and when you do it with a good team like Michigan, you hey, you got to make it up. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. You know they're just going to keep pounding on you. And the thing is, is you have to come out with the same attitude you came out early. And I'll tell you what, we have the kind of players that can beat these guys. And and I'll tell you what, if they you know if they do the if they get mentally they're not really ready to do it right, they may be looking ahead. You know, you never know what what's going on. So you you need to talk to them about all of these things. But I think the thing that's the key is how you practice. You got to focus. You got to every. I mean, not you don't wander around. You you every snap in practice. You have to do it and do it right and pay and know exactly where the help's coming from. You have to know exactly. You have to take care of yourself so you don't get dumb penalties mm-hmm. and things like that. So there's a lot of things to think about, but I think I think we got some young kids that are special. Troy, last thought here about 30 seconds. It's a hypothetical question for you. Let's say your defense gave up. 700 yards and 70 points on an outing. What would you tell that defense in the postgame locker room? He's asking about his Broncos. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I'm start digging. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I don't know if I, if I was the defensive coordinator. I'd say I, Mickey's brother, I feel sorry for him. You know, I mean, you know, you can you can laugh at some things, but you know, it when you're the when you're the guy that's respons- basically responsible for it. I I just think the only thing is the shovel and some dirt. You know, <laughs> throw it over the top of you. You uh, will hide out for a while. Uh, Coach, you uh, enjoy you the weekend. Cheer for Nebraska, and we'll talk to you on Monday. Okay. I'll do it. Okay. Thanks for having me. I'll talk to you next week. See you, Coach. Thanks, guys. Okay, bye.
All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the big run, and NFL vet. He's Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, Blackshirt Monday. Jay Moore with us from Big Red Wrap-Up at Jay Moore. 44, you find him on Twitter, former Husker, Blackshirt and NFLer. Jay Bird, uh, another win. That's two in a row for Nebraska. 300 yards on the ground. That's a smile for a lot of Nebraska fans. And, oh, yeah, here comes Captain Khakis this Saturday. <laughs> yes, uh, Captain Khakis is on his way to uh, on his way to Lincoln. Lincoln. Um, again, it was, it was not a pretty win. It was a game that I'm like, oh, boy. Parts of those game, the game against Louisiana Tech, I was like, this thing could, they could lose this thing. And uh, we had, you know, they had some big plays called back and penalties. We had some big plays called back because of penalties. And, but I, I'm not going to, where, where we're at right now, I'm not going to complain. Obviously, there's things to work on and build on and get better at, but you're, you're two and two. And uh, that's all you can ask for currently with this football team. Jay. You know what? What did you you like about Nebraska, and you know what are some concerns you, you still have as not only Saturday unfolds but but beyond? Where where can this team get better, and where do you think they are what they are? Yeah, I think I don't know. I, I think you look at the offense first. You know, they have some again pass protection has shown to be has shown to be an issue. And whether it's and it's weird, it's more kind of the slower play action. Mm-hmm. They they seem to give up, you know. Or guys, you know, I, I just don't think the guys, the up the front seven sometimes just they're not respecting the run game. You know, it just seems like they're just pinning their pinning their ears back and, and going. And maybe they guessed right and, and got lucky, but that that aspect was is is a little concerning against a against a Louisiana Tech defense that you know they're just not that good. And they're able to get home a few times and 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 make us look, you know, we're we're average offense at best, but you know, definitely look made us look below average in some aspects of of in that during that game. So that was always concerned. But again, the ability to get some big chunk plays, win the run game, and I know a couple of them were called back because of penalty, and and one was definitely not a holding penalty at all. On, on that Anthony Grant touchdown. I don't, I'm still not sure what the referee was looking at. But anywho, uh, their ability to get some things going. And I think oh, what I'll take away from this game, offensively and defensively, is this: there was a chance this thing could have slipped away from them. And it was like, oh, man, you kind of were just like, here we go again, uh, a lesser opponent coming in here. You know, you're, we're a three-touchdown you know, favorite, and they had a, they had a chance. But I, I, I look – and I see this team kind of getting over that, and they're able to say, "Okay, yeah, they're hanging in here. Let's get some, let's get some knockout punches." And they did that. And I, I, th- I think in in years past, uh, Nebraska easily could have lost, you know, would have might maybe have lost this football game. And I, I just didn't. Obviously, that didn't happen. I just I saw them just not kind of keep their composure and not panic, not freak out. And they made enough plays on defense. They made enough plays offensively to to get this thing, you know, get the the W, get the you know one more in the win column. But and then you look, you know, defensively too, tackling was probably not the best. 
but they ran some tempo. They spread you out a little bit, and they got they got some they got some plays going and some some momentum going. But again, they got off the field when they needed to. They make some plays when they needed to. Got a turnover when they needed to. So it wasn't clean. I don't think this 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 team is going to be. It's going it's never going to be clean this year. I think you're just have to win ugly and and just hate keep you know keep yourself in in it. So through four games, that's I, I think just holding on for dear life and just making making what you can of it offensively and just hopefully your defense can continue to play well and keep you in, in ball games. It's Jay Moore with us here talking Nebraska, Louisiana Tech, Tail Varsity Radio. And Jay, if you do want some some positive signs take away from the game, I have a couple and I want to get your take on them. The first being Nebraska came out flat against a directional school, if you will, that in years past, if Nebraska would have come out flat against a, a team of that ilk, they would have lost a football game at home, but they were able to rise through that and still get a, a pretty uh, comfortable win in the end at 28-14. to 14. That was a, a sign of, of encouragement, I thought, moving forward, that Nebraska was able to overcome the fact that you come out and play pretty flat in the first and second quarter. Also, I think the offense has started to develop maybe not an identity, but at least some bread and butter plays that they can go to when they need a couple yards. The first being that triple option look and Heiner Carberg maybe needs to pitch the ball a little bit more, but they were <laughs> picking up some chunk yardage whenever they're running that triple option from under center. Also, there's a, a, a power to the right side where they're pulling Ethan Piper around. They've been bringing in Teddy Prohaska as an extra offensive lineman on that side, caving down the line of scrimmage, and here comes Ethan Piper pulling through and, and cleaning stuff up. Mm-hmm. It feels like the Nebraska offense might have some plays that they can come back to and return to it in terms of just being plays that you're comfortable with to pick you up some yardage and uh, and be your bread and butter plays, if you will. Do you see those same signs of maybe optimism that I saw from Saturday? Oh, most definitely. I just chatted about that, you know, just previously. I did That game did, definitely felt like a game in years past that you start off flat, you give an opponent like that momentum, you give them some breathing room, and they're going to take advantage of it, but Nebraska just came out, and when they need to make a play and kind of seize the momentum, they did that. So I think that's something to, to take from, and I think that shows the maturity of this team, uh, especially defensively, that when a play is needed to get made, they did. Now, getting in the Big Ten play, I don't know if it's going to be that easy to say, hey, we got to, you know, or you got to play in your back pocket that you can dial up and just say, hey, hey let's, we're going to call this, but you know, we can get 15, 20, 30 yards out of it. I don't, I don't know if that's going to be the case. But yeah, I think the the run game we've seen it. We the, the the you know the power of the runs of the right side and the options with with Harburg. Those have been those have been really good play calls so far through two games. And for sure, this week they're playing the best defense they've seen so far this season. That's that's not that's that's that is not even up for question. So let's you know are those you know we'll still see that they'll say sample of plays, but to to what degree, right? Or, or we have to get a little more creative. Um, I don't know. This heading into Michigan, things are. Uh, tell you what's a really good football team, and offensively, I don't know if you if we have the ability to get super creative because I just don't know if we have the weapons to do so. Uh, can we can we line up on them and and run the football? I don't know. I know we'll try because we have to. We we're not you don't have the ability to stretch the field. I think you got to establish the run and then utilize play action off of it. And hopefully, you find Fedoni or uh, Marcus Washington on the back end to to give you some help. Otherwise, I think it's going to be a healthy dose of, of QB run game option. Anthony Grant, Emmett Johnson. Uh, heck, you might even see some fullback use this week. I don't know. You're going to have to you're going to have to open up the everything you have in in the in the cabinet this week to hopefully get some some uh, momentum going offensively. 
but I think you're yeah. You know, those two things you said, Elijah, uh, I, I would I would definitely agree. Jay Moore's with us, black shirt Husker NFLer at Jay Moore forty four co host. Big Red Wrap Up, Hale Varsity Radio. It's a Black Shirt Monday. What is your thought at quarterback? Is Harburg just kind of limited? Or do you think he could keep growing and, and get better? I know he's only had two starts, but I'm saying, is he ever going to be a threat? Do you think he can be a threat career-wise as, as a passer, not just a runner? I think so. It's He'll, he'll definitely get better in that, in that aspect of it. It's just, it's hard because it's, you know, it's a chicken or the egg argument. Is he a bad thrower? Does he not have time to throw? And he has not that many weapons to throw too. I don't know. I think it's a little bit of both. I think he's not as polished and that's, and that's completely fine. I think is Sims pro- uh, a more polished thrower probably, but still he's taking care of the football part mm-hmm. that being Harburg. And that's what you have to do first and foremost in the in to be a successful offense and be a successful football team. You got to take care of the football. You can't turn it over. Uh, I think if you can get him, uh, you know, I'm telling like a half a second. That's all. That's all a quarterback needs. You don't need a full extra second back. You just give him a little more time to let a play develop or just have some more trust in that pocket and not be so antsy. That could be that could pay off dividends for this offense as well. Uh, but again, he doesn't have a. Big, I'm talking a threat. Uh, Billy Kemp is a threat, right? But he's not a big body to throw to. Uh, Marcus Washington is a threat, but he's he's a bigger body, but he's not Trey Palmer, you know. And I think Fedoni is is a great option for him. They have history; they're uh, good buddies. So I think you'll continue to see that relationship build, and you know, lean on him. I think you should. Fedoni is a big target, athletic. Uh, he saw the run after catch he made on that touchdown. You got to use him, utilize him. You can, and hopefully. You got to make defenses respect them, and hopefully they can. Defenses will maybe put one another guy on them, or just lean one way towards them, and that helps open up someone else. I don't know, but uh, I, I don't think he's a. I don't think he's a bad thrower. I just think he needs some more time to develop and and get comfortable in this offense and trust his offensive line and trust his weapons he had. It's just has only been two games, and if he continues to play. I think that trust and that relationship will continue to develop. Jay Moore with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. And Jay, let's flip it around here and talk the Husker defense just a little bit. The Husker defense currently the number one among Power 5 schools in stopping the run at just 1.8 yards per rush thus far this season. And that's important with Michigan coming to town, how much they like running the football. And that, that rushing defense is going to be tested. What's your take through the first couple of games this season? Is that legit Nebraska's rushing defense? Or have they just gone up against some teams that maybe aren't going to commit to the run as, as well as some other schools that Nebraska is going to face in the Big Ten this year? Well, yeah, I don't think – I mean, Minnesota's not – I don't think it's the same Minnesota from the run game perspective. I, we, but still, we, we shut them down. And, I'll, you know, Colorado-wise, they they want to, you know, take it to the air and spread you out. And uh, Northern Illinois, you know, not the most potent run games, either with Louisiana Tech. They're not, they, don't try to, they weren't trying to run the ball. But th- that's just the thing is, to be a good defense, you have to always stop the run first. You've got to make teams one-dimensional. You have to be able to get them in third and predictable for a defense, and that's probably third and seven plus, to where you know it's probably obvious passing downs, and you can bring multiple looks, bring multiple pressure pressures in that three three five, to kind of confuse them, and in whether it's a zero pressure blitz or you're rushing three and bring them in, uh, holding back eight. So I'm not. They're good. They're really really good. This defense is good in stopping the run. This defense, like I said, has been really good in in space and tackling. I, 
if there's one weakness I've seen so far, you know, it was probably in this last game, tackling wasn't as great, you know. But, again, you, when you, sp- you have a spread up tempo and s- some good receivers as Louisiana Tech did, you're probably going to make, make a miss a couple tackles. But I tell you what, they, they did a good enough job. Uh, but they're going to get tested this week. You're going to see it. And uh, the, the nice thing is, is what Michigan likes to do is, is a lot of what Nebraska likes to do, too, and, and practice with those pro-style 21 personnel, 22 personnel type of looks where they're going to get in there. And, and it's just, here it comes. And you know it's coming. Can you stop it? So it's going to be fun to see, you know, that chess match going back to see, okay, through four games of this year, Nebraska is supposed to be one of the best in the country, if not the best. Now you're arguably playing one of the best running attacks in most physical teams in the nation, how you hold up. It's going to be fun to see, and it's, it's, it's going to be the best test uh, so far of the season. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Jay Moore's with us. Black shirt Husker NFLer at Jay Moore 44 co-host. Big red wrap-up, Hale Varsity Radio. It's a Black Shirt Monday. Jay, let's get your take on Michigan are you optimistic? What's what's a win Saturday other than the obvious, uh, an outright win, and uh, Vegas doesn't think that's going to happen? Yeah, it's going to be tough sledding. I just don't think this offense is going to be able to do enough unless some fluky things happen. Uh, you know, we get touchdowns and, or block kicks or somehow on special teams. Uh, I just don't foresee. I'm not that optimistic. I think the defense can keep you into it. I just don't. I think the offense has got to be able to score in the twenties to keep Nebraska. And I don't foresee our offense being able to do that. You know, to score three touchdowns or whatever it may be to make this to give ourselves a chance. This, Michigan's defense is really, really good. Uh, I don't. I mean, again, I know Michigan hasn't played uh, anybody yet this season either, but they're going to see much better offenses, and I'm pretty sure they've seen better offenses than ours uh, through their first four games as well. So. I honestly, I think this is a, this, this feels like a 31, 10, yeah, 28, 13, just type of ball game to me. I, I think again, early on, Nebraska has some opportunities. Can't, can't capitalize. I just don't think our offense can, can give us, give us any chances. The only way we do have a chance to win this thing or win, like I said, it's going to have to be some fluky stuff, uh, a punt kick return, you know, punt returns, uh, block kicks or somehow for touchdowns and or Michigan just turns the ball, to, you know, turns it over a ton. And we, you know, as good as the defense has seen, we've seen so far with Nebraska, they haven't done a great job of creating turnovers. So with that being said, I just, I think it's going to be tough sledding and uh, almost, almost a death by a thousand paper cuts type of a game where it just never, nothing huge, no big plays. You're not getting gashed. It's just like, bam, you know, uh, Nebraska does defense does does a good job, but they punt it, they pin you down there, you know. And Nebraska's offense not able to do much. You know, they get Michigan's you know good field position, you get touchdowns, they get field goals. Just kind of one of those slow, methodical, moving type of games where it just seems like Nebraska really never has a chance. Jay, the theme in college football this year has seemingly been coaches finding a way for their team to be disrespected before they go play a big game. And I want to ask you. With Michigan coming to town, if you're in Matt Rule's shoes, do you find an angle of disrespect to hit on this week to give your team some extra motivation? I'm sure he's looking. Uh, he probably won't make it public if he does find something. Uh, Coach Harbaugh's good, too. They're smart up there. They're not going to get – bulletin board material. You don't want to do that. Yeah, I, but it seems like in every major game we've had so far this year, there's been a lot of bulletin board material. But it's, it's hard because 
I just don't think that's sustainable, right? Always finding, always looking for that disrespect or uh, they made it personal. Because sometimes making it personal, is, it's going to wear out after a while. And you just got to have the maturity and and the ability to attack every week the same way, no matter if they make it personal or not. I think it's what good football teams are able to do. Uh, but if they want to throw someone out there to to wet our whistle a little bit, you'll be it. But I said, you know, I just don't, I don't foresee that happening. Coach Harbaugh and his, they got, it's, but he's a good, got a good, he's a good coach, mature staff, and we're going to have to create our own energy and our own enthusiasm and our own motivation. You know, yeah, you're playing, you're, you're playing number two team in the nation. <laughs> you, you better, you want to show, you want to get respected. Hey, you go, you go, you go show out in the field at two thirty on Saturday afternoon. Otherwise you get embarrassed and again it's just like hey this is just another rebuilding season for nebraska and, and matt rule jay couple of thoughts with uh bulletin board anything ever stick in your mind pro or college that that ticked you off or your teammates not really i and again i'm dating myself and make myself sound older but you honestly had to say something to a reporter and had to get it written up you know to to see it nowadays with social media a guy could post something and you can find it and read it and, and make that whatever it is we didn't have that option even you know even playing professionally it was that stuff was few and far in between i just don't remember ever having it or ever caring to pay attention to it I, I, and i didn't need it personally i never felt like i needed it i had enough motivation to i mean i was i was wound so tight before games and you know and i was usually visiting the you know the porcelain gods for the football game you know the games <laughs> that was so wound up so i didn't need it and that's honestly i i need to figure out how to calm myself down more before games i didn't need any extra motivation so times are different now are you pacing right? around just, slamming into lockers no not that i just was <laughs> like i you know i was i was the i was a guy you know sitting by his locker but you know just 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 keyed in and I would just get so nervous for games. I had to, you know, I usually threw up and, mm. and then if I didn't throw up then and a lot of times I throw up at halftime too. It just, just weird. I don't know. <laughs> just how I was. Uh, and usually once the play, the game started, I was fine, mm-hmm. but it's almost just that anticipation going up to that first, that first play, that first series that uh, just kind of the, not necessarily the fear of the unknown, but just, you know, you just had to get, got to get in the flow of the game, and that's where I needed to be. And so I just, I never needed any extra motivation. I just never did. I was one of those guys that I was always, I was always keyed in, and like I said, wound, wound very, very tight heading into football games. Jay, when you talk about that nervousness before the game, one guy who I'm sure was nervous before his game this weekend was Travis Kelsey with Taylor Swift in attendance. <laughs> I want to get your thoughts. Was there ever any moments that stand out in your playing career uh, that you had a little extra nervousness because of who was in the stands? Nope. Uh, no, no, I never had anything like that. Um, any any teammates that dated famous people? Gosh, I think, I, if I remember correctly, I think Vernon Davis, when I was at the 49ers, might have might have been dating like Serena Williams, hmm. maybe. And I think that might have been a short, a very short stint. I, I kind of vaguely remember that. But gosh, no, I I can't think of any celebrity A-list type people coming to games. Yeah. That was, and again, San Francisco when I was at the 49ers, they weren't very good. Uh, you know, I was with the Rams. We sure as hell weren't any good. 
Uh, I was with the Titans a little bit. I was never with them during the season. So, uh, no, I can't. I wish I had some fun stories to tell you, boys, but I, I, I don't have – I can't think of any. I, who's you your, know, I just, I, who's I was, your roommate? I was going underneath the radar. What's your, that? Your roommate was the middle linebacker. What's his name? Yeah, Pat, well, Patrick Willis. Patrick, I mean, yeah. he, he had options, didn't he? Oh, he had plenty of options. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> he had plenty of options. Uh, but, no, he. I think, you know, he's – he stayed. Uh, he didn't. Ha- I don't think he was into the whole celebrity dating type of thing. Well, last thought: seventy points by the Dolphins. Oh, we had to go there. Well, I, I didn't say against who. I didn't say against Elijah's Broncos. Yeah, is that, that supposed was... to happen in the NFL? No, it's not. It's not. What I, kind of question is that, was... Schmitty? <laughs> it's not supposed to. I, I I was watching the game, turned it, and then took a little nap. And then I got back up and I looked at my phone and I saw, I checked, I was just getting updates on the scores. And I was like, I had to like refresh it. I'm like, this can't be right. And I looked at the, you know, the, how it played out from, you know, all the touchdowns. I'm like, holy smokes, what is, what is going on? Sorry, Elijah. That's, you guys got to, you know, what going on in, uh, in Denver. It's hard to watch, man. Hey. Even, I don't, I don't care how good a coach, uh, Sean Payton is. That's a mess going on in Denver right now. Tanking for Caleb Williams. Next week, Bears, Broncos, loser gets Caleb Williams. It's going to be okay. He'll, he'll, he'll stay in uh, college another year. <laughs> Penix it is. There's options. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like Penix. Good call. Jaybird, we'll, we'll talk next week. Thanks for a few minutes today. Yep. Thanks, boys. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Hail Varsity Radio, winding down a Monday. Great stuff from Coach McBride and Jay Moore, the Black Shirt Hour. And as always, make sure you get the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and uh, watch the show as well, the Hail Varsity YouTube channel or the Hail Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Busy show. So Thursday, we are on the road. We are at the Single Barrel from 4 to 6, downtown Lincoln, 9th and P. Friday, we are up in Omaha at the Herdat Sports Bar and Grill. Yet again, excited for that. 4 to 6, Friday. Saturday, pregame, noon to 2 at the bar. The bar. 1644 P Street. Seth and Greg are awesome. They'll have us out Saturday noon to 2. And then Real Red Reaction follows live from the bar, 1644P. It's Michigan week, and uh, it could get crazy. Well, it, it could get fun, or it could just be a place where you, well, it's going to be fun and crazy and, and all those good things, but there could be a win on top of it. See, see. By, by, by Wednesday you talk yourself into what happens if dot, 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 dot. This is Michigan week, Schmitty, but and it then should Ken be noted. emailed in 24 and a half is what he got Michigan. <laughs> he got Nebraska in 24 and a half points last week. I want Kent's bookie. Good luck. Kidding. Good luck. Good luck. What I'll say here is this is Michigan week, but every week is a good week to go get yourself a slinky from the bar to the bar. Gotta it's love as simple them. Simple as that. They're, they're awesome folks. We love being out there. We'll be out there for Black Friday as well. Which is cool. Okay, big thanks, Coach McBride. Big thanks, Jay Moore. Tomorrow on the show, Mitch Sherman from The Athletic.
fullback extraordinaire and former uh, running backs coach for Jim Harbaugh and arguably the best fullback in Nebraska football history, Tom Rathman, going to join us. So we'll talk Big Red. We'll talk Captain Khakis with uh, Tom Rathman tomorrow. We'll have to also talk how close the 49ers were to hanging 70 on the Broncos in the Super Bowl. Could they have done that? That's fair (laughs) to ask him. And, and we're going to talk with Lars Anderson. Lars, get his take on Nebraska-Michigan, get his take on how the world rode off Bama last weekend, but more so some focus on Nebraska. Fake Lou Holtz. This was gold. This was on Twitter today. They play, it was not fair. The last play of the game, they only had 10 players on the field. Now, listen, listen. If I'm Ryan Day... And I'm the gentleman that I claim to be. I'm calling timeout so that they can get that 11th man on the field so it's a fair fight. But you know what? He knows He knows that he couldn't win that game if it was a fair fight. And so we had 10 guys on the field, and they took advantage. You know, it's, it, we, were the, we were the more physical team the entire day. And then what did they do? They won the game because they cheated. They cheated. <laughs> Touchdown Jesus. Would never do that. Can we squeeze in fake fake Brian? Uh, we're out of time, unfortunately. Aye. Fake Brian Ferentz tomorrow. That was fake Lou Holtz. Fake Lou Holtz. Should be noted. Fake, fake, fake. Lou Holtz. The, the help of AI on yes. that one. Pretty good. You want to get real Lou Holtz on this week? You want to try? reach out to him. That, that may not be, uh, our listeners may revolt. Maybe next time. Tomorrow at 4. Talk to you then on Hale Varsity. Thank you for tuning in. A Huda Media Production.